this time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, your glory here. Lord, as we come through the blood, we thank you for that open heaven, the glory. And Lord, I thank you for speaking through me everything that needs to be spoken tonight, that it will go out as living seed to truth soon in a good soil. I thank you for your Holy Spirit even now moving upon your people to give all of us good fertile soil of hearts and minds and lives to be ready to receive everything that you have and, and the power of the Spirit, the Word of God. Lord, I thank you for speaking everything that needs to be spoken right now. Let there be a flow. And Lord, we know the birds of the air try to steal the seed. Lord, we just submit this time unto you. We resist the devil. We bind up anything. They would try to hinder, distract, resist, oppress, to come out and go from this place and time and everyone here. I thank you for your angels clearing it out. And Lord, as you speak through me, Lord, I thank you for everything being said that needs to under a mighty anointing. Lord, we bless you and we thank you for it now in Jesus' mighty name. All right. Well, we're looking at part six, moving from curse to blessing. And so tonight, dealing more with a, like a home situation, um, this, I'm going to entitle this one Infestation. And what we're looking at, I'm going to start with Psalm 91, verse 4. And it says, For you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high your dwelling. No evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your home. Isn't that interesting? No evil will befall you, and no plague come near your home. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. So here we are in these latter days, and there's a lot going on in the world, and God's wanting our dwelling, our homes, to be places that are like a refuge of his glory. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so no evil will befall, nor any plague come near our homes, our dwelling. These will be places like a refuge for us. And so what I'm going to look at tonight is just dealing with some strange things that through the years... My wife and I have had a lot, a lot of people come to us um, in different ways, but about their home and things that have gone on in their home among their family, you know, places that they live, whether it be an apartment, a home, or land, or whatever. And they've come to us with all kinds of issues. And so I'm kind of dealing with that tonight. We're dealing with a sermon series, Moving from Curse to Blessing. I don't always speak on this subject but it is important. How many appreciate that the whole counsel of God needs to be preached? Amen. We need to talk about every, every subject, and so we're dealing with this tonight. Um, so let me just give you a couple things. First off, to start out, sometimes there's paranormal activity in the lives of believers. Certain believers um, have had things, and it could be in certain cases. I believe some people, uh, it's just things within them that they need to deal with. Other people, it's a deliverance issue in their personal life. Sometimes it's a deliverance issue generationally, but other times it's a deliverance issue regarding the land and the home. Did y'all catch that? And so that's kind of what I'm looking at tonight is specifically, I entitled this infestation, but we're dealing specifically with homes and land. And so if somebody has moved into land that is cursed, has a curse on it, or they've moved into a home that has a curse on the home and it has evil spirits in that home, here are some possible indications of that. If you move into a place and you have not dealt with certain things, but all of a sudden you find yourself dealing with this or other people in your family, for example, nightmares and night terrors, etc., some people have reported feeling like they're being choked or they can't breathe or being crushed. In fact, that feeling of being crushed in the night has become so common that secular psychiatry has accepted it as a phenomenon that they don't fully understand, but they've labeled it spirit crushings because so many people have reported this happening to them to secular psychiatrists. But it's a feeling of being choked, can't breathe, or being crushed. Also, if people begin to see apparitions in a home, maybe as they're sleeping at night, they wake up and they see something. They see some kind of a being at the foot of the bed, down the hallway. Uh, they see things in the home. 
that they can't explain. And they know that they're not just dreaming. They know that they woke up and they saw something. Also, there can be strange paranormal activity that is sexual in nature. A few other things that could be happening is maybe things are being moved or closed. They, they find that objects are moved in the house to strange locations or whatever. They know that they don't belong there, but they've been moved without them moving them. Or things are open and closed without explanation. And my wife and I co-authored a book that um, called Transformed, and her family dealt a lot with that as well, these paranormal things. And she talks about that in the book. A couple more. Another one is that if you move into a place where the land, the land has been defiled somehow, there's a curse on the land, there's spirits on the land, or the house, or a building. It's not just a home, it could be a building. There may be hearing strange noises, hearing footsteps, hearing you know, knocks on the wall, things opening and shutting, voices, just hearing strange things. And finally, there could be strange, unexplained, uh, foul odors in the house or in a room, or strange temperature changes, where you go into one particular room, for example, and it's ice cold, and there's no explanation for that. So these could be signs that there's something there on the land, there's something in that home, or that building. It could be any type of a building, any type of a structure. It doesn't have to be a home. Uh, There can be strange paranormal activity there. And as I've said before, you need to go back and research why is that there in the first place? Has there been bloodshed there? Has there been like sexual immorality, incest, rape? Has there been uh, fornication, adultery? Has there been homosexual activity? Has there also been maybe idols and altars to other gods that are worshipped there? Or the occult. The occult is a big one. The occult will open the door to demons probably quicker than anything else. But these things, broken vows and covenants, when you move into a location, you need to research what you're getting into. Does that, is that house a place where maybe before you got there, there was a divorce there? There was strife and fighting and all that. See, hear what I'm saying tonight. Look this way and hear what I'm saying. Those things, spiritually speaking, don't just go away on their own. They're kind of inventoried there. They're in the atmosphere. The words that have been spoken, the atmosphere there can be very strifle, can be tense. What, what was there before you got there? Signs of demonic activity in a person's life on a personal level Maybe all of a sudden they find themselves fighting things like fits of rage, uh, constant headaches that they can't explain, migraines, insomnia. These can be signs of demonic activity, although they may not be. It could be naturally explained. But incurable diseases, irrational fears, mental illness, seizures, suicidal thoughts, female problems, depression, addictions, fascination with the occult, Nightmares, hearing voices, seeing scary visions, stubborn arrogance, compulsive dishonesty, marital problems, uh, bouts of dizziness or fainting that's unexplained, or sharp unexplained pains in various parts of the body. These can be signs that you're being attacked by demonic activity coming against you. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily that way, but it can be. And so you need to think about for a moment what Where do you live? How's the atmosphere of your home? The reason why I'm dealing with this is because in these last days, I believe that God is wanting our homes to be havens of his glory. But for his glory to be there, we've got to clean things out, you see. I don't know if you remember the story of those that have read the prophet Ezekiel's writings, but God had Ezekiel kind of dig under the temple, and he went down into an opening and came up in the temple. He was in a vision but he saw all these abominations inside the temple, on the, written on the wall, inscribed. He saw an idol right there in the temple. 
And so, you know what the result of that was? The, in Ezekiel 40 through 44, right in those chapters there, the glory lifted up and left. See, God's not going to play around. He's not going to put his glory where there's a bunch of garbage. And a lot of times people have problems, but it's not necessarily as complicated as they make it. You know, if you, if you take a bunch of trash bags that have all kinds of old food and dirty diapers and all this junk, and you dump it in the middle of your living room, how many knows you're not going to have to wait too terribly long before you're going to find yourself with your broom chasing off roaches and rats and everything else? But if you'll clean out the garbage out of your living room, how many knows that a lot of those things will begin to disappear? So it's a matter of, are we going to deal with it, you see? And so think about where you live. Think about the land that you're on and think about the house that you live in or the apartment, whatever it is. What was there before you got there? And, and you need to go through and really pray about that because the cleansing, spiritually speaking, is you're not going to be able to get a brush and, and get out your soap and water and scrub that. So you have to apply spiritual principles which has to do with the blood of Jesus. And so as you go through and you're praying over your property and confessing anything that's been there before you, anything that's happened there, and ask God to cleanse it, then you can clear away all that darkness. And so as I've taught throughout this whole series a lot, I'm trying to be repetitious on purpose, you cancel the legal ground. And that comes by, Lord, we ask forgiveness for the things that's been here, be as specific as you can be. Lord, we repent of that. We bring it under the blood, and we thank you the blood of Jesus washes that away, so the legal ground is canceled now. After that, then you can destroy the works of the enemy. So, Lord, I release this land now from any curse that's on the land. I release this dwelling from any type of curse or work of the devil. I break it off here. I command that to go in Jesus' name. And then finally, you can command any evil spirits to leave. And you say it out loud and deal with the strong man first because usually there's a strong man. And so, Lord, in Jesus' name, I bind, and whatever spirits you're dealing with, I bind you in Jesus' name. I command you will leave this dwelling and never return. But for them to go and never return, you have to deal with the legal ground first. Because if you drive them out and you didn't deal with things that's there, they're just going to, just like the trash in the living room, if you don't clean up the trash, you can kill some rats, but how many knows it's not going to be long before they're back again? you got to deal with that first. So that's, that's what I'm talking about tonight. And so take inventory. Think about what you're living in. And here's, here's some things to consider as you go into land and you go into a building of some kind of home. If, if your business is occupying a building, if, if your church is occupying a building, wherever it is, whatever it is that, you, um, that you're occupying, you need to think about these things. Has there been something there before you that's associated with other gods, idols, Freemasonry, cults, anything about other religions, including Roman Catholicism, Mormonism, any of that, has there been things there before you that you need to pray about getting cleared out the pollution that goes along with it? Number two, as I've mentioned a lot through this series, has there been anything to do with the occult there? Have people held seances there? Have they tried to, to somehow contact psychics or have somebody come in? It's, it's sad, and biblically speaking, it's extremely stupid. But a lot of times when people have problems, what do they do? They go straight to the devil's servants and have them come. They call a psychic and have them walk through their home to tell them information. They bring in some other weirdo that's burning sage through the house, and they think that that's going to make things better. And to a degree, to them, the demons may subside to make them think that something's improved, but all they're actually doing is making it worse. So you need to take inventory. Has there been witchcraft? Has there been something occult there? Also, what is in your home now or in the past? Has there been ungodly entertainment? This is important because a lot of people haven't considered this. But if you're not careful, 
things that you watch, listen to, video games, whatever it is, through the internet, through television, through the media, if you're not careful, things that have to do with the occult, it's sexually explicit, anything that would cause you to lust, when the Bible says not to look with lust, you commit adultery, anything that's going to cause lust, if it has to do with terror, extreme violence, etc., you need to be careful because these things can open a doorway for darkness to come into your dwelling. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So be selective and be careful about video games, movies, whatever is in there. You need to think about what is being communicated through whether it be phones, tablets, whatever. And in, in this day and age that we're living with so much technology available, it makes it all the more accessible. And so many more ways to get in. And so really pray about it. Really think about what I'm saying, which leads me to this point. I want you to consider doorways like you've never thought about it before. You know, we all think about our front door, back door, the garage, things like that. And that needs to be prayed over. You need to anoint that and pray over that. But I want you to think about this, though. Did you ever consider that there's other doorways into your home? that 100 years ago didn't even exist. Have you ever thought about that the internet being accessed into your home can be a door for good or bad, but it's still an entryway, a point of entry. So your modem as something to pray over, bring under the blood, and then as you pray over it, see, you're, you're praying that the blood just seal off, that nothing's going to be coming in that's not of God. But, you know, the internet can access some wonderful things. You can, you can read the Bible. You can access some really powerful uh, revival services, worship. There's good things that can be accessed, and there's some things that are just simply innocent that can be accessed. But there's also a lot of spiritual darkness that can be accessed. And so you just need to be careful. Have you ever considered that not only the Internet, but also whatever type of television provider that you use, whether it's fiber optics, whatever it is, that is running into your home, have you ever considered that that's another point of entry? And so that needs to be prayed over. That's simply it. And be selective about what you watch, etc. Just be careful. Pray over it. And again, as you apply the blood and anoint, you're sealing off that where something is not going to be able to come in. And the same way with radio airwaves, etc. There's a lot of things circulating out there. But whenever you tune into it in your home, and it's something like maybe, for example, it's a real dark movie, where in this particular movie, maybe they're sitting around chanting, they're doing like an incantation, they're summoning some kind of a spirit, or maybe it's something else that's a, that's a real explicit sexual act. Have you ever considered that it was always out there, but now you've kind of opened a doorway for it now to come right into your home? See, there's a difference. It's always out there, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be in your home, you see. And so we're going to have to be really careful. And there's people out there that's not going to listen to this, and they're going to have a lot of spiritual problems in their home. So just be wise and careful what is coming through the doorways. And I would recommend that people really pray over the various doorways. My wife and I, again, I've probably one of the, the things that people have asked us the most about has been about things to do with their home and their night's rest and their dwelling. That's something that we've had a lot of people that have talked to us about things. And so through the years, we compiled some stuff and we put together a deliverance questionnaire. So if you go on our website, fnirevival.com, you go there, there's free stuff that'll help you. But we wrote a book on the Jezebel spirit because that's an end-time thing that's very serious and is, is, is pervasive. And so we have that free to read. But also under that, there is a deliverance questionnaire that walks you through stuff, that you can examine your own life and pray about personal things to make sure that you're free. But also, and the reason I'm bringing this up, is because we have on there, maybe I think it's around maybe five pages, but you can print it off, and it actually walks you through cleansing your property. And I remember, I've got a lot of stories about this I could tell you, but 
I remember there was a young couple that used to come here years ago, and they had moved and got a home. And whenever they moved into this new home, you know, you're, you're busy. You're, you're busy moving things, setting things up, etc. And I remember that the young man was telling me, Pastor, since we got there, he said, I've had a hard time sleeping. There's just been something kind of off, and, and it's been tense, etc. I don't know how to explain it, but things, something's not right. And I said, well, have you, have you prayed over your property? And they knew about this teaching, etc., because I've taught on it. And, and he said, well, you know, with all the busyness, I haven't. And I said, well, that's probably going to clear it up. And, I, and so I said, make sure you print that off. So he went home, printed off the page, and they, him and his wife got together, and they walked through and prayed over their property because it, it walks you through it, what to do. And he did everything on the sheet, and he said at the end, it, it takes you to your backyard area, and you, you just pray together, take communion, and pour, you know, as an act of faith, pour out the juice on the ground to apply the blood to the property. And he told me this. He said, Pastor, I'll tell you what, after we did that, my wife and I ended up together in the back, and we took communion. He said, when that juice hit the ground, he said, it, it was like this awesome presence of God came on us there. And he said, since then, he said, the atmosphere totally changed in our home, and it has cleared up. The problems we had are gone. Amen? Isn't that awesome? So a lot of times, you've got to go in there and consider that you, you can break out your vacuum, and you can break out your mop, and you can clean it from top to bottom, and it will not do one thing for the spiritual. It can smell all clean and look beautiful, but spiritually speaking... It can be dirty and nasty. And so you've got to go through and, and clean it spiritually. How's the spiritual hygiene in that home, okay? And I always pray over things that we buy and bring into our home. Just be careful about the company you keep, the people that come over. If you're not careful, the wrong people can come in and out of your home, and they can, man, they can bring a wrong atmosphere a wrong spirit about them, and you can feel like when they leave, you, you need to go take a bath. And it can really just not be a good thing for your home. You have to pray after they're gone, you know. Well, my advice is don't keep having those type of people over. Amen. Also, be careful about um, just whatever you bring into your home. Some of this, if people have never heard this taught, especially in our culture here, it may sound kind of bizarre, and it, it, it is, but it's still true. But you need to be careful about even things you buy and bring into your home. And I can at least give some examples of this, and I feel like my wife and I really have an authority to talk about this because we've, we ourselves have had to deal with things and help others deal with it. So it's not just something in the Bible where it talks about in Deuteronomy, don't bring a cursed object into your home or you'll like it, you'll be cursed. It's in the Word. But also, experientially, my wife and I have had to deal with this. Well, her family had acquired some, when she was growing up, it acquired some furniture from a deceased lady. And there was a spirit of divination that attached itself to a particular hutch. And, of course, they were into the occult, so they used it as a point of divination to um, begin to ask questions, kind of like a Ouija board type of idea. And it worked. The thing would... You know, they would communicate with them. And so you need to consider that things that you bring into your home, it can seem so innocent. I mean, what is a piece of furniture? It's just a piece of furniture. But it can, it can also be that something attached to it if it comes from somewhere, that there was a spirit there, you see. So you need to think about what you buy and what you bring into your home because it would surprise you some of the things that are out there now, whether it be new or used, but especially, especially if it's been used and you're bringing it into your home. Who had it before you, you see? You really don't know. You think, oh, well, but, you know, you don't know what the person that owned it before you, you don't know what their home life was like, and you don't know what they had in their home that could attach to something and end up in your home. And that's just the way it is. There's a lot of people out there that have gotten into some pretty dark stuff now. So take inventory. We pray over everything that comes into our dwelling and consecrate it. And because of that, there's a glory there. Um, also, 
Here's some things to look for. If you do move into land or a home or an apartment or whatever, and you find that these things begin to happen, maybe there's chronic sickness that you haven't had before, but it just seems like one thing after the next. It's frustrating. You don't know why. It doesn't go away. And or, or strange, unexplained accidents begin to happen. There have been a number of people down through the years that have said things like this. You know, I knew that I fell, but I, I promise you, I, I swear I promise you, I felt like I was pushed, but nobody was there. I promise you, I felt like that I tripped over something, and I went back to look, and there was nothing to trip over. And so strange accidents begin to happen. All of a sudden, even though you got along with your spouse and your kids and and you had a, a good, healthy, happy family for the most part, all of a sudden you move on to this land or into this dwelling and you find that now you, there's just strife. You don't know why, but there's just strife. So that can be a sign that spiritually something's off. Also, financial problems. Maybe you own a business and you begin to rent a, a certain location, move in there, just for example, or your family in a home. But you find that all of a sudden all these unexplained financial battles begin to happen. Things seem like they keep going sideways financially and you don't know why. And or difficulty having peaceful sleep at night. You toss and turn, you don't know why, but you can't sleep peacefully. No matter what you try, you feel like that you're troubled in the night. That's a good indication that there's something there that... In the natural, you're feeling the effects of it, but it's a spiritual problem. And this was something I have in my notes I wrote down over this last week. I wanted to touch on this as well. Usually, and it's not limited to this by any means, but I mentioned the Jezebel spirit, but Roman Catholicism, anytime I've come into families that have Catholicism, whether it be Irish Catholic, Hispanic Catholic, or any other Catholic background, um, I have found that almost, well, I haven't found a time that it's not the case, that they deal to some degree with a Jezebel spirit in that family. I have not found one case where it has not happened that way. So there's different things that can cause a Jezebel spirit, but Jezebel has to do with rebellion. And man, you won't know somebody, how rebellious somebody really truly is until you start telling them no. They're not going to do something. They're not going to get their little way. And rebellion really starts to manifest there. Jezebel has to do with ungodly control. And so ungodly control, biblically speaking, is witchcraft, okay? And we know that. But I I want people to really think about this for a moment because I wrote this in my notes because over this last week, I felt like God wanted to highlight this for some reason because we've been on this fast and we've been asking God to show us things, you see. Think about, is there in your family, is there issues with control? Because a lot of people have this. And down bloodlines, et cetera, there can be iniquity drives in people that is there that may be a fascination with the occult, uh, lusts. There can be bent tendencies toward various kinds of addictions, or uh, etc. We've already talked so much about iniquity, you know, but pride and rebellion, it's stubbornness, etc. But did you know that controlling behavior can be an iniquity in people? And that people don't realize they're even doing it sometimes, but yet they, there's a fear. Everybody say fear. Fear produces control. And so a lot of times there's irrational fear and a controlling tendency that's in families, that's in blood, that's in people. And they find themselves not meaning to. But I'll give you an example. They, they may be a person that's given to praying about things, but if they would really let the Holy Spirit show them something, 
<clears throat> they don't mean to, but they use their prayers to try to control other people. They don't like the way the government is. Well, who does? Who has for the last hundred years liked the way? But yet their prayers, though, is in a way to try to manipulate and control what they can't control. It's control. And they don't mean to, but they themselves can't stand a lot of times change or anything, a decision or anything that's done that's beyond their control. They, they don't like that. Oh, they don't. And those type of people that are controlling people that have a Jezebel tendency, they usually do not like strong male authority. There's something there. And there can be a Jezebel curse, and that's a serious issue to deal with, a Jezebel curse. And so a Jezebel spirit, in essence, will definitely have these type of things connected to a Jezebel spirit. Bloodshed, like abortion, that's why one of the strong men over America is Jezebel. We all know that. But that's why abortion is such a hot topic. Also, sexual immorality gender confusion, role reversal, you know, the, the man becoming a woman, the woman becoming a man in the home. The woman is really the one that makes the decisions, the authority. The, man, the husband's really passive under that. These, these are great areas of great rebellion against God and God's order. If God made you a man, he expects that you are a man. And to try to change that is a direct, rebellion against God himself in his creation order. And when God created the family, he put the husband as the head of the home and the wife to submit everything as unto the Lord and children honor. And to go against that structure, I don't care how long you've been saved, that is direct rebellion against God. It's not rebellion against me or this church or even what I'm saying. You're rebelling against a much higher thing here. You're rebelling against God. And so this Jezebel thing has to do with gender confusion. Um, it has to do with sexual immorality. Where there's Jezebel and Ahab, a lot of times there's, there's sexual lusts, there's sexual problems. There'll, there'll be a lot of, of struggles with things, pornography, lust of different kinds, and then also even like uh, strange homosexual tendencies, etc. But these things, this is a serious thing. The Jezebel curse is serious. And people that have these tendencies like iniquity drives in them that they got maybe from their mama. However they got it, it's there. And they, they've got to let God forgive them and take it out of them because if they don't, then they can really see where there's legal ground. Are y'all hearing me? Because we've been dealing a lot with this. If there's legal ground, then the curse can come on that legal ground and then because of the curse, there can be demonic spirits trafficking, you see. So you got to go back to the root source and quit blaming everybody else and say, Lord, it's me. This iniquity is in my life. I see it. I ask you to forgive me for this in me. I see it in my family. Forgive, uh, forgive our family. I ask you to take this out of me by the roots, and you may need to do some fasting, but God will reach down in there and take that out of you. How I many knows John the Baptist said about Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? He takes it out of you. He was bruised for that iniquity. He'll take it out of you if you ask him. But we've got to deal with these things. And I'm saying it in love, but man, this is, this is probably one of the greatest problems in the church world today in America is the Jezebel spirit. It's one of the greatest problems. Satan tries to make sure that every place God is moving, where there's a destiny, there, there's a prophetic destiny, God has something for that church. He will try to make sure that there's always some little Jezebel somewhere. So think about it. In your family, is, there, is your home in order? Is it truly in order? 
Is the husband passive? Is he an Ahab? Does he abdicate authority? Is he really the spiritual leader? If not, then ask forgiveness and begin to move into the role God has for you. Does the wife tend to be manipulative, domineering, intimidating, controlling? If you want problems in a family and you want problems in a home, what I'm describing right now will create all kinds of problems. Are children rebellious and disrespectful? Also, Jezebel has a lot to do with false prophecy and counterfeit revelation, in particular, like a python spirit. So these are just some things. I can't dwell on this too long. Again, we wrote a whole book because this is a really in-depth subject. I encourage people, if you feel like you have an issue with it, you need to read the book on your own and pray about it. But let God deal with that. If there's stubborn pride and there's rebellion and there's stubbornness in there, that is an iniquity that God needs to remove. Tendencies to be controlling, passive-aggressive controlling. Also, I got about two more things I want to cover, and then we're going to pray. But what do you tolerate in your home? This is another thing to consider. What do you tolerate? Do you know that there's dishonesty, that there's rebellion, or there's dishonest gain? You know that that's there, but are you willing to deal with it? How many parents are good parents, and when your kids were doing stuff and you knew that they were going to be mad at you, they were going to soul up, they weren't going to talk to you for three days, and they they were going to really get upset, how many of you were good enough parents to still go in there and deal with it? See, some people don't want to deal with stuff. They just want to sweep it under a rug. I tell you what, I love you and I say it in love and I'm I'm not mad at anybody, but you're going to ruin that kid's life. You better go deal with it. If there's stuff in there you know about, if there's drugs, if there's there's, uh, things that bring addictions, if there's pornography, you need to go deal with that stuff. Also, is there stuff in the home? Is there lust or sexual sin in the home? Unfortunately, today we're living in a time of such great rebellion. You know, the Bible talks about these things. And, and it was in 2 Timothy 3. It talks about perilous times. It goes down. I mean, you see society seeing great, great rebellion against God. I mean, think about it. Even the animal kingdom has enough sense to protect their young. But yet, sinful man, out of convenience, will murder babies even in the womb. Great rebellion against God. But now, because of great rebellion, the Bible says what? In the book of Hebrews, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage been undefiled. How many have read that? But yet, marriage is not honored by all. Now, it seems like a lot of people dishonor marriage and just figure, well, we'll just live together, shack up, have sex when we want, and just go to church like nothing's wrong. Let me say this in love again. I'm not mad at anybody, and I'm not shooting this at anybody. But if you die in your sexual sin, heaven's not going to be your home. If you want to honor God, then do the right thing and go get married. Honor marriage. And keep the marriage bed undefiled. Do right. But see, rebellion. You talk about these things, and what happens? There's a lot of people. Here's what I've found. People, hear what I'm saying. Everybody, give me your best ear. Here's what I found down through the years. People that are really, truly Christ people, they're born again, and they really are Christ children, and it's real, and they love the Lord. They have a tendency that they want to please God more than anything else. And so they, if they know something's wrong, they'll go right the wrong. They love God more than any sin. So whenever God begins to deal with their sin, they repent because they love God. You see what I'm saying? That's sincere Christians. And I've found that even with, in regards to whatever it is, ungodly entertainment, if the Lord, the Lord can deal with them, and they, they don't care. They love God more than they love any type of entertainment of any kind. They just want to please Him. That's the sincere. But I've also seen through the years where there's been tares among the wheat. And not everybody is sincere. 
And some people, I believe, are not even really truly the Lord's. And they go to church, they're religious, they know the lingo, but here's what I've found. They're not sincere, and they love their ungodly entertainment, and they love their sexual immorality, and they love their sin a lot more than they ever loved God. And given the, the circumstances, they're going to choose the sin every time. Hello? Am I not telling the truth? How many of you guys have known sincere people, and how many of you guys have known people that were not sincere? We all have. And so I'm asking this tonight because here we are at the close of the age. The coming of the Lord is near. And I want to see people in heaven. And talking about this stuff's important. What's tolerated in your home? Is there hatred? Is there violence? Is there abuse? Is there incest? Are there occult practices? Are your children messing around with things like dark occult movies they have Ouija boards in their rooms or whatever weird stuff they're doing. If you tolerate these things in your home, then you're going to have all kinds of spiritual problems in your home. You've got to be willing to be the bad guy and go in there and get it out of your home and deal with your kids and deal with your family and get your home in order. So these things in the day and age that we're living with great rebellion, I believe Derek Prince was right. He said that the strong man over America is a spirit of rebellion. And I would agree that that is 100% accurate. And it has given place to a strong Jezebel spirit. So in these latter days, God's wanting us to really purify our lives and purify our homes. How many can say with me tonight, Pastor, I love the Lord and I want to please him. So if there's anything in me, in my family or my home, that does not please him, I want to go get it out. How many really sincerely feel that way? You really do. I feel that way. Somebody with a sincere heart feels that way. And so here's what I want to close with is this. God is wanting his glory in our homes. But to have his glory in our homes, let me show you Isaiah 4, verse 4. Because in these last days, like I opened with Psalm 91, 4, God is saying, if those that, that have made the Lord their refuge, the most high, their dwelling place, secret place dwellers, prayer warriors. How many secret place dwellers we have? How many people are prayer warriors? See, secret place dwellers, it says, no evil will befall you, no plague come near your dwelling, your home. There's a promise there. You know what God's provision is, is in these latter days? Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. There'll be thick darkness come on the earth. But upon you, the glory will arise and shine upon God's people. That is God's provision in these last days, is his glory to come upon us that will bring protection. Let me show you Isaiah 4, starting with verse 4. It says, when, when the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. So God purifies. There is a sanctifying work. Okay, all that pollution, all the garbage is taken out of the living room. Okay, there's a purification there. Then verse 5, it says, Then the Lord will create over the entire area of Mount Zion, over her assemblies, a cloud by day, a smoke, and a brightness of a flaming fire by night. And over all the glory will be a canopy, a defense. So God's provision in these last days is that if we will clean out our homes, we will really purify and purge. Listen to me, please hear me. If we will really take inventory and purge our homes, his provision is that his glory will come into homes and be like a defense over them. And the children of Israel had that glory in the wilderness. And when the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, how many knows if you're going through the wilderness, metaphorically speaking, I'm going to use that like we're going through these last days, perilous times. Things are difficult. Here we are going through these times where we see a falling away. We see people abandoning the faith. We see people abandoning church. We see all this backsliding. We saw all these things, and, and it's difficult times. But over God's remnant, a small group in the earth, a remnant that God has, the glory of God will be on us. And if you look at the children of Israel, because the glory was with them, it was a cloud by day, a fire by night. 
because of the glory of God with them, they were supernaturally protected from their enemies. They had supernatural health. They had supernatural provision. Water came out of a rock to water a nation. They had supernatural provision in the manna to feed the nation. To the degree was their protection and provision that even their clothes and sandals didn't wear out. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was a supernatural provision of God that his glory was among the people, and it resulted in protection and provision, health, etc. And I believe that in these last days that God is wanting his glory to come upon us. Because the Bible indicates through the prophet Isaiah that there will come a time that thick darkness comes on the earth. And I believe we're starting to see that. Deep, thick darkness. But, he said, upon God's people, the glory of God will arise and shine upon you. Nations will come to the brightness of your dawn. So there's going to be this differentiating between who's of God and who's not of God. But it's gonna, a lot of it's going to be about the glory, where the glory dwells. And it says in Isaiah 4, 6, And there will be shelter to give shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and protection from the storm and rain. There's going to be storms and rain, so to speak, in these last days. Just like here lately, there's been this COVID thing. And thankfully, we've never had to shut down or deal with very much here. Either people didn't get it or those that did get it quickly made a recovery. And I believe that that quick recovery has to do with the glory. So here's what I want to close with is this. Spiritually go through and clean, your, clean out your home. Pray over your home. And this isn't a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I would say that let God lead you by his spirit, but maybe praying over your home on a regular basis. I highly recommend the communion table kept regularly in your home. Because the glory has to do with the blood being reverenced and God's bread of presence, lechem panim in Hebrew, the table of presence, the bread of presence. Um, anyway, the communion table has a lot to do with God's glory. When you reverence the blood, see, when the priest went in on the Day of Atonement, he would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat of the ark in between the cherubim there, and the glory would come down on that blood, you see. It's the blood that's reverenced brings the glory. If you want the glory in your home, then reverence the blood of Jesus in your home. Also, you can go through and anoint your home with oil. Anoint every room. And on that paper I was talking about that's free, you can print off. It gives you some specific things, some scriptures that you can read and some blessings you can speak. But just like I talked about last week, speak a blessing with faith, but you're putting a blessing on your home. You know, I talked about blessings in this, but unfortunately, I don't think that the American church really understands blessings. We're asking God to do something when we're supposed to be doing it. You know, we, we say, pray over your food, but really, here's what we should be doing over our food. Lord, we thank you for your provision. And Lord, we speak in Jesus' name that this is blessed. You see, we're putting a blessing on our food you know, we're asking, God, would you bless the offerings, the finances? But really, we should be saying, Lord, we thank you so much for your provision. But in Jesus' name, we bless these finances with multiplication and increase upon you. We should be blessing a lot of things that we're not necessarily blessing. And I promise you, blessings have a creative quality to them that they will begin to, to manifest in that realm. When you begin to bless children, you, you watch that they're going to begin to change in the direction of your blessing. But you have to do it with faith, and you have to be deliberate and put that blessing on them. And the same thing with a home. You go into a bedroom or something, you put a blessing in the room. It's on that room. It's blessed, okay? And also, not only anointing the home and blessing it, but make the home a place of worship and prayer. If you'll make it a place where there's worship, you know, whenever our family, you know, when Brianna was growing up, for example, it was just always understood that we have a prayer life. I mean, it wasn't something that was even 
taught on or forced or anything. I just told my wife and, and daughter, etc. it's just, this is just what Christians do. We just have a prayer life. And so I taught Brianna how to pray, and, and we, we begin every day. We always make room to make our home a place of worship and prayer. And I believe that has a lot to do with God's presence there. And so if you'll teach your kids how to pray and, and invest that in them, but make your home a place where there's worship. God inhabits the praise, the worship. Make it a place of prayer, intimacy with God. And finally, I would say that because of uh, access through things like the Internet, etc., technology, I mean, you can easily play through a computer or a TV or whatever really anointed, powerful services into your home. You can say, Lord, let that atmosphere that's there come in here and take up residence. And so there's, there's an atmosphere that can come into your home through those means. And I remember years ago, we're not doing live stream right now, but a few years back, we were doing more of the live stream. And I remember there was a couple that, um, because of having a child, they couldn't come to church for a couple of weeks. And so they were live streaming the worship. And I'll never forget, because we went over there to see the baby, and you could feel the atmosphere here in their home. It had come in through that, see? So it can, the glory of God can ride in through powerful anointed church services as well. And so I recommend this. I highly recommend this. And I, I pray that people that have gone through this sermon series with me, I'll close it out next week. But I really pray that you'll get these books and read them because I believe it'll help you. But one of them is called Blessings or Curses You Can Choose, and it's by Derek Prince. That book will help you. Another one is called Redeeming Your Bloodline, and his last name is Sirovina, S-I-R-O-V-I-N-A, Sirovina. And the last one is called Portals to Cleansing by Henry Malone. Portals to Cleansing by Henry Malone. And all these can be bought where books are sold, like Amazon or whatever. But I really recommend that you get them and read them because if you'll pray the prayers in them and you'll apply the knowledge that's in them, I believe it'll really help your life and your home, okay? And how many want your home to be a place that's free from oppression? You see, you can talk to a lot of people and say, well, how's your home? And if they have to be honest, they'll say, well, to be honest with you, Pastor, it's kind of difficult to pray there. You know, it's easy to fight. We don't really rest easy. There's just a lot of stuff there. And if you'll go through and you'll really spiritually clean house and get the things out that need to go, go through the bedrooms, go through drawers, go through attics, and chunk out anything that's there that may be associated with other gods or the occult or whatever. Get all that off your property. Really pray over it and begin to bring to anointed and, and begin to have it, make it a place of prayer, you would be surprised as you anoint and bless your home, you'd be surprised how different the atmosphere will feel. And when there's an atmosphere change in your home where the glory is, you'll be surprised how much that affects your health, your night's rest. It affects every area of your life. It affects your finances. All right, so Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight. We bless you. And Lord, we just pray as we close this out, we thank you for hearing and answering every prayer meeting, every need tonight, and sealing this time in you. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. Well, we're